Welcome to episode 265 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. And it is, as always, a lovely day here in Pasadena in my front room. Jason, how are you doing? Doing great. Fantastic. You were in uh, uh, Las Vegas this weekend. Yeah, we went to uh, just three or four days. Sandy's um, birthday was last week, so we went over to visit her oh, parents. Happy birthday, Sandy. Yeah, so that was uh, that was fun. We saw um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, which nice. I would recommend. Oh, it's good. It's good. It was good. You know, it got a nine out of ten on IMDb. Yeah, which was surprisingly high. You don't really see a lot of nines unless it's sort of like uh, the kind of you know thoughtful movie that might make a, an Academy Award uh, nomination. So why why do you think it did so well? Just the it was just well made. It was funny. Yeah, it, was a, it, the just- it has that main comedian guy. He's a, he's a comedian. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but. Uh, it was, it was sort of the juxtaposition of the 70s music that they kept playing with the f- far future technology and oh, alien okay. stuff, which uh, it was clever. It was cute. And uh, the main character had a really good sense of humor. It was good. Yeah. It was nice. really good. Star-Lord. Was, you know? Star-Lord. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Nice. So we all went out, uh, you know, we took the grandparents, went with us and the kids and they were finally getting the, get the point now where they... The girls are old enough where they can actually see a movie other than just like a G-rated. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. I mean, they didn't. I don't think they loved it. Like Colby and I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, they liked it. Okay, so it was good. I recommend that. But uh, yeah, went to Vegas and sat on the uh, in the highway on the way back. It was because uh, if it's a Sunday, we spent the whole time. It was it took us like seven hour drive. Mm-hmm. You know, what it's like being in gridlock traffic in the middle of desert. Oh. That is a nightmare. One time... When did you come back? Yesterday. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, one time, I think it was a Thanksgiving weekend. We came back on a Sunday, and it was like 10 hours. I mean, it was stop and go, like literally sitting, not even moving for like 15, 20 minutes at a time in middle of the desert. That's when you need the Hyperloop. Right. You need the Hyperloop. Or, I mean, at least there should be some kind of like fast, cheap train between Vegas and Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, speaking of um, shows that have gotten a good uh, IMDb rating, I haven't seen it, but you know, The Strain got a, has a nine on IMDb? No. I haven't even heard of it. You haven't? No. It was, I mean, it was, it got a ton of, um, uh, it was, it was getting a lot of advertising, advertisement on, I, th- I think it's AMC or maybe The FX. Strain. Maybe it's FX. Yeah. The Strain. So I guess it's sort of like, um, some virus slash zombie oh, okay. takeover thing, but uh, a nine out of ten is rare. That's like yeah. the only things that get nine and above are like The Wire and Breaking Bad. I think maybe Walking Dead, but not a lot. It's well, is that chill. is that from reviewers or is that from like the the general public on IMDb? That's for general public. It's like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I think it's a pretty robust metric. I mean, you know, when you see something gets like a 7.2, you're like, yeah, it's about 7.2. You know, (laughs) something's a 5. You're like, yeah, pretty much sucked. Um, But, um, yeah. Oh, you know, I realized, I just found out the other day, uh, last week, the um, one of the main writers on Halt and Catch Fire is a guy I play basketball with. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So his name's Jason as well. He's really nice. Is that the guy who you pitched the story to that no, one time? No, no, no. This is okay. a totally different guy. Um, so I walked up to him and I'm like, I'm like, hey, his name's Jason as well. So I'm like, hey, Jason, you're uh, so you're a writer on Haunt Catch Fire? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I said, you know, we were, we're watching. We're a couple of show episodes behind. But we like it. And then I go, I go, you know, my one criticism, though, is is something my bro- my wife brought up, which is that you don't really have any character that you're really rooting for. 
there's nobody that you really like. There's nobody really that likable. He's like, you know, everyone I who I respect who I've talked to about that has basically given me the same feedback. Yeah. He's like, that is a problem. Because I said, you know, the main guy, he's, he's kind of a, he kind of acts like an ass to his wife. And he's like, oh, he's not the main guy. I'm like, oh, the engineer is not the main guy? You mean the, the sort of Steve Jobs-esque you know, you know, a sociopath is the is the main guy. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's another problem. <laughs> the main guy is, you know, because yeah. usually there's somebody you're identifying with, you know, and if you can't identify with anyone, you don't really like anyone. It, it's it gets to be kind of a problem. Interesting. So, how like how many episodes have you watched? Oh, I don't know, maybe five or six. And you're still interested in watching it? Yeah, but the season's ten. I think there's a season finale ten, so we're uh, we're now probably f- you know because we've been out of town and everything um, four or five behind. But you know, I'll watch the rest of the season. I mean, it's 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 pretty well done, but you know, it just has that flaw. It's kind of dark, and it's and yeah. it's like you have a hard time finding out who you really want to root for, if anybody. Okay. I mean, all the characters are kind. I mean, I guess the wife of the engineer is. What network is it on? Like, are you, how do you watch it? I think it's AMC. Uh, do you, See, watch you don't it? have cable, right? No, we don't have So cable. you watch everything on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. And Hulu? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Or Amazon. So if it's not on Netflix or Hulu, then it's on Amazon. You can buy it. Yeah. So, I mean, since we have the DVR set up, anytime I see something interesting, I'm, I'm just like, well, Sandy's the master of the DVR. Yeah. I don't even know how to record stuff half the time. <laughs> like, could you set up a time to record Halt, Catch Fire or whatever? <laughs> like, All nice. right. What about left, The Leftovers? Have you seen that? That looked that looked kind of interesting. I haven't. That's dark as well. The last thing I watched, uh, I guess this is an older show, uh, was Jericho, which is that's kind of long. That's, like it's a long time like ago. Eight, but I, years I actually think Jericho was a kind of like a precursor to Walking Dead. Like the way that they did it, it's like mm-hmm. a really light version of Walking Dead. You know, and I wonder if it's, not, were, it's the Walking Dead. Not oh, Walking I wonder Dead. if they were inspired by the Walking Dead. Sorry, I wonder if The Walking Dead was inspired by Jericho to go, uh, no, what happens No, because the, the Walking Dead is based on a comic book, which is oh, okay. for a long time, right, much right, right. before Jericho. Um, so I, I doubt it. But, you know, the, all those post-apocalyptic shows, they share a lot of commonalities. I mean, there's only, there's certain setup for it. I've, I've realized I really like shows about the end of the world. Like, for some reason, that, like, interests me. Well, you know, the reason is, is because <laughs> it really puts stuff, stuff on the line. Yeah. I mean, it creates this dramatic situation where it's like it's not like you know oh you know am i gonna lose my job or is is this girl i love gonna marry someone else i mean not that those aren't important but this is like the end of the effing world yeah. you know i yeah. mean it's like really uh an extreme situation and i think what i like about it just what I, just the same reason i like lost is i'm always like thinking to myself what would i do in that situation yeah. i'm always problem solving you know, even now when the show's, when I'm not watching the show, I'm thinking about it a little bit. Like, you know, I would do this. I would do that. I don't know why they're not doing this. Is well, that what you think? I always think, I'm always thinking when I watch these shows, I'm always like uh, going through like a decision tree and saying, this is where they're going to go. This is what the plot's going to do. I'm always trying to guess. Are what you the trying right- to guess the plot? Yeah, I'm trying to guess the plot all the time. Yeah. I do that sometimes, but um, I try and avoid it because sometimes I find out I'm ru- ruining it for myself. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm overthinking it. Yeah. You know, it's like, just enjoy it as opposed to overthinking. There's very few shows that, that surprise me. Very few. Well, you know, when I they mean, do, it's like a really good. Well, anything, anything that is sort of a mainstream show, whether it's a movie or show, is going to hit the beats that it has to hit. There's a certain formula to it. And, you know, you have your, your, um, 
you know, your, your three act, you know, the movies are three acts and your two plot points. And, you know, you, you, you know, you don't have to think very hard about it. You don't have to really study it, but you start to understand, okay, well, we're first, we're going to find the initial problem, the set of the characters and they just have the initial problem. And then they're going to find out there's a twist. That's the second plot point or whatever. No, it's a complication and stuff. And they have to work through that. So you start going through that. And once you start doing that, you're like, and you know, well, the main character can't die, and this has to happen because it's a mainstream movie, so that the people actually have to fall in love, or this has to happen. So you know that, and you can always work backwards and go, well, this has to happen now. The Walking Dead really surprised me when they did the entire episode about the one guy who was the baddie. Like I've never seen a show do that. Oh yeah, like, just the, the main character, no other character, just focus on some subplot for an entire episode. I was like, that is different. Yeah, I like it, and they will. They will kill your ass off. Oh, they will kill and you, They yeah. will kill a main character. In fact, when they don't kill off like a main beloved character, people start worrying. You're like, oh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, something's going who's on. Go, who's who's gonna going? Go Someone is going to die. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to that starting up in October. I guess that's when it comes back. So, I, I was going to say one thing. Um, can I switch subject? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Texting Summit. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely on for the week end of the eighteenth. Yeah, because we got the uh, got more people, more people for the weekend of the eighteenth. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to be fair and objective. So, well, have you updated the the website web page yet? It, on the web page, it says it's happening on the weekend of the eighteenth. So okay. it was only via the conversation that it wasn't. Yeah, right. Well, you're <laughs> the one who brought it up. You're like, well, well no, I'm it's it's it. because um uh was it Glenn? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Sorry, I think it was Glenn. Yeah, who's who? There, there was there was Glenn and maybe one other person who basically said they couldn't do the weekend of the 18th, so that's what started the whole ball rolling. But now mm, okay. there's just more people on that weekend. So, so do we have so, how many so far? 18? No, it's going to be it's gonna be more. We've beaten our 15. That's the main point, right? Okay. Yeah, it's well, going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so hopefully now that we get a little closer, we, we can get another... I mean, I think um, I think we've hit the critical mass. 20, 20 or so people would be really good. Yeah. You know... That's, um, by the way, October 18. So with that weekend in Pasadena... Right. With the incredible Jason Roberts and me. Right, <laughs> <Did> you. <laughs> All right, so come on, let's hear, let's hear how you're doing with your, uh, your weight loss and your audacious goals. Okay, well, um, yeah, Operation Superhero yeah. is still in effect. Okay. Um, so I broke, I hit a new low today, broke 195. Oh, fantastic. 194.8, I think it was. I, yeah, I wrote it down on my spreadsheet, but... Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed because yesterday the polling was coming in good. I thought I was going to might break one ninety four. So I, when we went in Vegas, what's the polling? You know, early polling. Like um, Phil and I always joke, like we'll get like if there's a midday weigh in. You know, oh. you know how like when there's an election going on and they have like ten percent of the poll results are in, <laughs> and you're like a lot of times that will pretty much predict what's going to happen. Not always. It really polls, and so mid afternoon you say had a. I mean, middle of the day, you're usually like two pounds heavier. I mean, in the yeah, of the but day. if you're not, you think, okay, tomorrow's going to be good. I was 195.2. I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to bust through and get a post a 193. And we had been in Vegas for four days. I had three of my four lunches were hamburgers. You know, because we're at, we're at Wet n Wild, or we're we had to stop at Baker, which on the way between LA and Vegas, which has nothing. Like you have like Arby's, Denny's, Burger King. Oh my lord! You know, I mean, it's like it's rough. And you know, I did the best I could. You know, I tried to eat, not eat any fries and have a diet coke and just have a burger, or whatever. But still, you know, as 
as uh, Phil calls, it's called eating dirty. You know, it's like you can eat clean or you can eat dirty. You try and keep your, your your carbs and your protein all stuff balanced, but it's like it's eating dirty, right? Yeah. So, you know, and then you're at, at the in-laws, so it's like there's only, you know, it's only so much you can impose your diet on everybody else, mm-hmm. right? And so you try, I was trying not oh, yeah. to be a pain in the butt and um, just go with it and, uh, and do the best I could. So, I was a little worried about how those, um, what was going to happen after four days of that. But one thing I did, I, you know, I, I belonged to 24 Fitness, which is like this national mm-hmm. chain of uh, fitness place and uh, health club. It turns out they have a, and they have different versions of it. They have like an active and sport and super sport and ultra sport. And the, and the higher it goes, the nicer the club is. So when I belong to a sport, which when they have a basketball court and a pool with swim lanes, I mean, it's, 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 nice. it's pretty nice. Well, the one down the street from Sandy's parents' house was just like two, three miles away is a super sport. So I showed up and I, and I had to upgrade my membership to use it, pay an extra you know, 20 bucks a month. But it was so nice and it was so convenient. I'm like, well, every time we visit here, either I'm not going to work out yeah, or you call it this great place. place. Yeah, so it's a little expensive. I was like, well, okay, it's you know two hundred forty bucks a year, but you know, okay, screw it. But um, so I made use of that. I got my butt on the on the car on the you know I lifted and did all this stuff. So um, that made a difference. So um, yeah, so right now, so let's see. So I started out at like basically two hundred five pounds. Mm-hmm. I was actually two hundred six, but I think I kind of weighed in a little low when I first started. And so now being down in the 194 range, so I've lost over 10 pounds, 10, 11 pounds. Well, that is incredible. And well, I mean, it's, it's solid pound and pound and a half a week and I'm down, but I'm down. What's more impressive. I really, I'm thinking it probably is. Yeah. It's probably more impressive is I've lost three and a quarter inches off my gut. So from, from 37 to 33 and three quarters. All right. Would you like to hear my progress? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I've been doing. I've been going to the gym every day for the last two weeks, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not doing high-intensity training. I'm doing half an hour on the elliptical. Right. And I'm not phoning it in. I'm basically uh, keeping check of my heart rate. I'm doing between 130 and 150 for half an hour. Every, That's good. Every day. That's good. Right? I'm eating less than 2,000 calories a day. Every day. Now, what was your... Is that what you're based on your basal metabolic rate? Is that she told well. She told me I should be having two thousand two hundred calories a day. I'm, ha- I'm having a little under two thousand. Okay, I've lost absolutely no weight. <laughs> Nothing like I'm feeling really fit. I'm feeling great, but I have not lost anything. Huh. Well, so yeah, I do not yeah. know. You have to work harder, or eat less, or lift, or, or work out more. I guess. Well, it's only I'm feeling two- good. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I haven't lost any weight. Like, so you must be eating more than you think you're eating. No, well, I'm tracking it pretty closely, but look, this has been, there's my, there's my log. So I just kind of just go. Yeah. You're ping pong in between. Yeah. I'm, I'm just within, within a kind of couple, a couple pound range. Um, yeah. 229, 220. Yeah. You keep yeah. bouncing back your, yeah. What's that second one? Oh, that's your blood. Blood sugar. Yeah. Are. Yeah. Which is also doing really well. So. You know what you might want to do is uh, send, um. Send Sarah Lynn the, uh, an well, email. But the only thing is, like, I'm not doing what she said, which is to eat a whole bunch of protein. I just, I just don't like that. So I'm just, I'm just eating less than the amount of calories, but I'm not eating huge amounts of protein. I, do, I just don't want to do it. Okay. Um, but, but you can't tell me that's the reason because, like, plenty of people lose weight who don't eat 
200 grams of protein. What are you, what about your sugar? Are you eating sugar now? Uh, my sugar was already down. It's well below 40, 40 grams. What kind of stuff are you eating? A uh, typical day would be, hold on a second. Uh, I would have like, my typical breakfast is this gluten-free Udi's bread, two, two pieces, which is 120 calories for both pieces. Uh-huh. They're 60 calories each with, with like an, a fried egg where I fry it with just some Pam. Okay. So that would be my breakfast. My lunch would be a salad. And um, for dinner, I'm just having whatever Georgie makes. Usually she'll make something like she made lentils with stuffed peppers. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like I'm everything kind of hmm. down the line and nothing's changing. So I don't know. what. Well, I don't know. I mean, two weeks is is also early. I mean, you might not have been dialed in the first week. I mean, you've been doing this for the first two weeks and you've kind of the 30 minutes was just like the what the last week or was that? Been uh, let me just have a look. I mean, well, I mean, I'm go- I've been logging here for three weeks, so I, I would say two weeks. Yeah, maybe maybe a week and a half of the like the all out doing hardcore like sweat to the point where I'm like totally drenched in sweat. Yeah, maybe a week and a half every day. Yeah, in fact, you know, I actually I changed my workout a little bit too. I I started. I felt like I wasn't making quite enough progress. I wasn't losing weight quite fast enough. I was a little. I, was, I felt like I was stalling out a little bit. And I, I was probably maybe because I was eating more than I was than I thought I was eating, or yeah. I don't know. But um, I decided to continue doing the 500 calories a day on the elliptical, which is like 45 minutes or more of, of between. Like, okay. guess what you're doing? But I do, you know, an extra 15, 20, 15 or 20 minutes more. So I do. I mean, I, I'm I do at least 500. Yeah. And then the last couple of days, I did 600 or 650 just to like just like to kill it to say you know just like because i'm not i've just i've discovered that i am better at doing more of what i don't want to do than doing less of what i want to do right so like dieting like you already knew that yeah so it's like i i can i can do work out extra hard where some people are like oh you know you take that you eat that extra slice of pizza that's an extra 20 minutes or 15 minutes on elliptical it's like i can do that i'd rather i'd rather be able i'd rather you know, do that. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm also walking every morning. Like, so I'm, I'm logging about 10,000 steps a day, including my elliptical. And I'm doing the... Um, Dumbbell? W- no, I'm working with that guy uh, who you pointed me out to, that the, to, for stretching and because of my oh, shoulder the, issues. The, uh, so I'm doing like half an hour's freaking stretching a day as well. Dude, I'm like good. super healthy, but like nothing's changing. Do you feel, you feel better with the stretching? Yeah, I feel, I feel much better. Well, you know, I mean, look, I wouldn't stress out about the weight loss. I just keep doing it. Yeah. And, you know, you as over time, I think you just kind of up your workout intensity a little bit and yeah. it'll just, it'll probably start to work a little better. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes if things you stall out, sometimes yeah. you have a week or two and things go out and then you hit and then you go down again. Um, I was, I mean, if I was my body, I'd be thinking, you need to change the set point because this is an active person now, you know? Right. Right. So I don't know what the hell, but anyway, we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, we'll keep you posted. So I um, I went to uh, the Achilles Institute. Remember, I told you like my big problem with with my oh my right, Achilles. Right, yeah. I have tendonitis in both my Achilles. Yeah, and so that's been hampering my you know basketball and soccer. And also, it was a big worry for me. It's like okay, if I'm going to try and dunk a basketball, it's going to require a lot <laughs> of plyometric training, right? Yeah. A lot of jump training. That's going to be hell on my Achilles. And so I went to this the Achilles Institute and uh, it was funny I get in there and and I the guy he they they work with a lot of NBA players did you tell like him your goal 
Oh yeah, well, he kind of he kind of rolled his eyes. He's like, all right, <laughs> but he he's like, can you touch the rim? I said, well, he looked. He kind of he kind of looked at me. I can't remember if he rolled his eyes first or if he asked me. He goes, can you touch the rim? And I go, well, not yet. And he's just like, okay, well, you know. Yeah. But um, so so he um he took a look at my Achilles and he said, look, you are. He's like, I should make a video of you. You are the quintessential forty-three-year-old jock. He's like. You are you're starting to experience the the problems that you hit in your forties, where and it's a lack of flexibility. It's your lack of flexibility in your lower back, in your hamstrings, in your calves are what's causing problems. Stretch fifteen minutes a day on those primary muscle groups, and you'll be you'll be fine. Hmm. He's like, I wish I had more to tell you, but that's about all you got to do. He's like, wow. there's no surgery or anything. He's like, you just got to stretch, you know. And it's it's one of those frustrating things. I should have known this fifteen years ago. Mm. You know, I mean, because I've always pulled my hamstrings a lot and I never really did any special. It's just stretching. about stretching. Yeah. So I did some research on stretching, actually, because um, I I was stretching. I was starting to stretch quite a bit even before going to see him, um, because when I was doing some research on the vertical jump training and they were talking a lot about the ports of flexibility for, you know, be able to, you know, ex- to be able to realize your explosive power, you have to be able to have flexible muscles. And if you're not, if you're tight, you're just not going to you know, getting more close to where you, what you really can do. And so, but I was stretching the same muscle groups three or four times a day. So I did, the, I was doing some research on it. And apparently this, 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 the, the, the study that's referenced is that they had four groups. Um, one group did a static, they, they all did static stretching uh, for two sets of 30 seconds. They stretched us for 30 seconds. Stop, take a break, then do it for 30 seconds again. Is this the static versus the bouncing? Yeah, versus the dynamic or yeah. ballistic or any other stuff. And I, there's another study I read that basically said there was no difference between static and dynamic. So I think static is fine. And it's easier to do and it's safer. You don't actually pull something. Um, so they had people doing it six days a week, once yeah. a day, six days a week, three times a day, three times a week, once a day, or three times a week, three times a day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Makes sense. I'll I'll trust you. Okay, but basi- <laughs> basically, one time a day or multiple times a day. Okay. Right. Right. But basically, what they discovered is that if you did it three times a week, eight, whether you did it once a day or three times a week, that group after four weeks improved their flexibility on average. I think at a fourteen percent. Yeah. Fourteen percent. If they did it six days a week, they improved at twenty six percent. Yeah. So it was substantially. So really, the key was every day. Every day. Once a day? Once a day. Okay. Every day, once a day. That's it. That same muscle group, you don't have to hit it three times a day. You don't have to go nuts with it. Just do it. Every day, once a day. Every okay. day, once that a day. Sense. Yeah. But do two sets. Do like for, you know, 20 to 30 seconds. 30 seconds, I think, is the number. Hold it. Take a five-second break. You know, or maybe switch to the other, if it's other leg. And Interesting. Then go 30 back. seconds. 30 seconds. And for me, what I'm doing is I'm just, as I take stretching breaks throughout the day now, and I'll say, all right, well, I'm going to stretch my calves and Achilles in the morning and I'll stretch something else in the middle of the day, you know, so I don't have to take like 20 minutes. It's just like I'm sitting on the computer and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up for five minutes and yeah, stretch yeah. my hamstrings or something. And I've already noticed a major difference. I mean, it's, it's silly because to me, stretching was one of those things that always just seemed kind of like. Seems like, yeah. But, like, well, well, like it's yeah. not really going to do anything. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, stretch. Like I do stretch. I stretch before I play, work out. But that's not enough. Yeah. And it, it's like you have to. Um, focus specifically on like one on the muscle group and do it every day and the only the only thing that i wanted to start doing though is really measuring it is don't just it's like when you go to the gym and you just sort of 
lift weights and you're not really going for a goal, you don't really improve that much. You sure. have to shoot for like increasing your strength level and then you see improvement. If you just kind of like go there and just move a bunch of weights around, it's like, well, you get a workout, but you don't really get much stronger. Right. And flexibility, I think, is the same way. So I was looking on uh, this website called Top End Sports and they had all these different fitness tests and all these ways of measuring your flexibility of like your hamstrings, your calf muscles or whatever. And so actually shooting for goals. So like, mm. okay, so how, you know, every week or so try and see if I can reach an extra half a centimeter or centimeter I or see. whatever. Right. You know, because for me, that's the key. If I, if I, if I can take care of this flexibility problem, then all of a sudden I can play sports. I can do the jump training and not be injured. So, so that was, uh, that was kind of cool. Well, I think I, I think I might have an audacious goal. I was thinking about it. Oh, yeah? What would be my audacious goal? Okay. I'm not, I'm not committing to this, but I, it, I'm ruminating on it. Okay. I think I want to start a funk band. <laughs> a funk band? Yeah, a funk band. So you want to get back into music? Maybe. I think maybe, yeah. Well, you had, for the longest time, you had no interest. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm not committing to it, but I'm just thinking like, and I mean like really hardcore funk. <laughs> like a kind of game? like James Brown or something. Have you? Oh, because you saw that movie? No. Okay. I was okay. just thinking about okay. it. Like, I just really, really enjoy that music. Like, I really love that music. So, okay. it'd be quite, it would be great to just have a band that did that with some great players. Uh huh. Brass section. Because for the longest time, every time I brought it up, you're like, no, that's my past. I've I know. Just I know. Completely over it. No, I was just thinking, like, I had, I had a kind of idea of it. I thought it might be a bit of fun, you know, do a gig once or every couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's it. Um, but like I said, no, I'm not committing to it. I'm just Well, yeah, it's not a goal yet. It's something it. you're thinking about. Yeah, though. it might be a bit crazy. Well, speaking I don't know if it's more crazy than dunking. I mean, it it really dude, it's it not feels... even close. Dunking for for 5'10 guy in their 40s to dunk is insane. Most people are not going to anybody who knows how to play some music could go start a band. Right? It's dude, it's, it's, it's 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 You it's, don't think it's crazy for a tech entrepreneur who's 45 no. just about to have a baby to start a funk band, a yeah. James Brown I know, funk I know. band. Most people I know who are musicians have a band. <laughs> They're in like couple band, they play this band. It depends how serious you are. The question is, are you going to take the band and and like make a record and sell, it, you know, and, and actually get it sold 100,000, you know. Like that's Oh, uh, no, I'm I don't want I thinking just about more Starting a band fun. is like say well, I'm going to join a basketball league and go play twice a week. I don't know. That's not the I same think, thing. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, you well, you saw. I showed you a video of me jumping. You're like, what did you say about my my? my yeah, that my seems goals. crazy. Like, you said there. No, you said you will never dunk. It's not going to happen. But there's it's there's a different there's like like it, the 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 thing that I'm proposing is like it, it there's like a mental barrier about yeah, it. But it's, it's it not seems, audacious. It seems it's not audacious. It's not audacious. No. Oh, fair enough. It'd be a fun thing to do. And I'm saying, go do it. Okay. I mean, it's a good. But I wouldn't say, oh, there's no way Justin can go get a few guys and go. Get together once or twice a week and jam and maybe play a place, right? Oh, no, I'm talking about like a pro band that would play festivals and things. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Okay, fair enough. It doesn't strike me as audacious. It sounds to me as a great thing to do. Okay. You should do it. All right, thanks. I mean, well, you know, because... Thanks for the vote of confidence. I'm impressed <laughs> that you think of me that way. What? <laughs> well, you've done a band before. Why can't right. you do it again? Okay. Right? Yeah. But, um... So, you know, it's one thing I was thinking about Derek Sivers. Remember he said that uh, he went, he had this TED talk about why you should keep your goals to yourself that somehow if you keep them to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know for my, I mean, I'd read a couple things 
right after that debunking that like the, the the studies were real it was a really limited kind of study that was really kind of problematic to extend you know it was a few people sitting in a room if you told them this and they told them that they were going to do this and it was just this it's like to extrapolate it out into the real world was really questionable you know yeah. i'm waiting for a nice cute ted talk mm-hmm. but everything in my experience is like when you state goals out loud and the more people you tell the more you kind of are held accountable right the more right, keeps you yeah. focused on it um you know, and that's, you know, and, and, and the more you are really focused on those goals, I know, I, I don't know, I've just noticed that being goal oriented is helping me quite a bit, really focusing on the goals and having very specific measurable goals mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, well, I'm working on it, you know, whatever. Um, so, um, one thing I was going to do and is like, I want to start videotaping some of the progress. Oh, so the jumping? See, yeah, just everything, you know, so we can just kind of see it see it moving along you know like where am i yeah uh, and the overall process it should be kind of cool i i i i actually i didn't mean to i uploaded to youtube of like just i had a um the one i should do a videotape i had a guy at the gym just videotape me do a few jumps but you put it in the show notes right uh yeah i put it in the show notes but i didn't mean to put it on google plus and it shows up on google plus oh, so google plus. Like, i'm like oh geez <laughs> i didn't think that was gonna end up on google plus and like there's no real context for it right it's like, in the, the cloud. It's in the cloud, just like that movie sex tape. It's in the cloud. <laughs> Nobody understands the cloud. The cloud. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, tell me how you're doing with your projects. Like, um, well, let me tell you this. Something more, more uh, is the electrical engineering. Oh yeah. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I've been doing it about three weeks. Although we missed, um, we missed Tuesday because it was Sandy's birthday and yeah. uh, I had to yeah. go out for dinner. So, um, but we've been we doing it twice a week for two hours. Mm-hmm. It was funny, like. We got back late afternoon and from driving across the desert, and I was we had scheduled to do one at seven thirty. Um, normally, we'd do it on Friday or Saturday morning, but it was moved to Sunday night because I, we were out of town. And I was, I you know, I'm like, because he, he said, "Are we confirmed for seven I was like, "Well," <laughs> I said, "If you want to do it, we can." I said, "I'm pretty wiped out." And he's like, "Oh, I think we should do it." I'm like, "All right, fine." <laughs> and uh, but it turned out to be really good. Um, first thing is, I went to the gym before that, which kind of got my ass in gear and woken up and, and had dinner and then went over and, and we did it. But you, one thing has happened is like, he's gotten kind of excited about the possibilities, mm. which is, he's like, wow, we are more than halfway through a three month graduate course, you know, first quarter gra- of graduate sequence in, t- in two weeks. And he's like, yeah, if we keep this pace, he's like, kind of, you see him kind of thinking, he's like, we're going to you, yeah, you're going to be good. We're going to do some good stuff, <laughs> you know? So I've kind of, it's that, which was neat. Right. I mean, that was kind of cool. So, and we were focusing last night on working through lots of different problems. You know, um, I like to spend more time working on problems and talking about theory. I'm like, well, you know, let's talk theory for five or 10 minutes, but I don't have a great attention span to just sit there and listen to you for 20 minutes, you know? And so it says he's writing the notes. I'm like, I'll just take a copy of your notes and then I'll, you know, take a photocopy on the phone or whatever if I want reference them rather than taking notes and then I could just pay attention but then after that like let's work problems because that's where the true understanding is yeah and um so but one thing I'm going to do is I was working through the problems but then you know my my problem solving is like all over the sheet of paper and it's hard to find it and um kind of find the 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 the, the through line of the of the of the problem of the solution so what I was thinking about doing is is creating a, a web page for each problem, get a circuit diagram up there 
and then write out the equations and like, this is how you solve this tenant problem. Mm. Like the process of doing that, of trying to explain this is how you solve this kind of problem. Oh, I see. Really yeah, that's helpful. a good idea. Yeah, that'll help you. And I was like, I wasn't going to just do it on paper so much because it was just sort of like, well, then what the hell am I going to do this piece of paper? But I put them on the web. It seems it's like a little more worth doing. And I, I, there's this piece of software called Circuit Lab, or this website called Circuit Lab, which is like a web-based schem- circuit schematic design tool and simulation tool. And you can also do circuit board layout and all that stuff. And it's really good. And so uh, I just created a little, I mean, I had to do a paid account, but once you have a paid account, then you can actually, you can design these really good, you create these great diagrams and then you can export it as a, a PNG file and then just... Hmm. Have it, which because that would be a big thing. It's like okay, I have the circuit, but how the hell am I going to draw it? I'm not. You're going to put it on your blog then. Yeah, I was thinking what I'll do is I'll just have like one. I'll have a I'll have like a link to it, and I'll just be a list of, you know, here are all the problem types, and then you can click on the problems. Nice, you know, and and so we've done. We're doing like nodal analysis, or we're kind of reviewing nodal analysis and Thevenin and Norton theorems and all this kind of stuff. So, and the other thing was like doing the equations, which you can do, you know, when you see these really, you know, these advanced equations, it's like, well, how the hell do you do that without an image? And, and this, there's, um, this JavaScript library called, um, uh, MathJax, which I think, did you, yeah, did you use Math that first? Yeah. So you use MathJax to, you know, to, to, to do the equations. So I was kind of playing with her on that last night. I'm like, oh, this will be easy. So now I can create, oh, here's a circuit diagram or here's a voltage source in the, Blah, none of this, and yeah, it's we this use equation. we use math tracks and did you do? Yeah, that's good. So, so I'm pretty, I'm, 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 I'm kind of excited about that. I feel like writing up the notes. I'm not going to write like a whole dissertation on like the theory behind it. I like, well, this is this kind of a problem. This is basically what it is. Here's the problem. Here's how I solved it. Yeah, and go through each step, 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 explain it. Like that will really get it in my head. Because I was going through some of the stuff that we solved for, and I'm like, oh, I forgot this, and I can't really follow my own damn notes, you know. So, um. But, you know, it's funny, he, um, we were talking about the possibility of some things can do in the future, and I'd been talking about doing these genetic circuits, like these analog circuits that mimic how genes behave and, and, and things like that, and, you, you know, sort of combining synthetic biology and, um, and uh, electronics. And the other thing I, I thought was really cool was how at Stanford they created this neurogrid, which they had like a, it was like a million or a billion neurons on a single chip. So they, rather than like trying to create software that runs, you know, an an operating system that runs on a little computer and it's like, we're simulating the brain. It's like, now you actually create these analog circuits which are behave exactly like neurons. So it's just like orders of magnitude faster and more power efficient, all this kind of cool stuff. And I was like, I was asking, I was like, how hard would it be to do something like that? He's like, I don't think we can do it. It won't be that long. (laughs) <laughs> like really <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like three years you know he's like no we like so i'm kind of excited to see where this is gonna go but it's a really interesting experiment of like the power of one-on-one uh e- education like this I mean, it's like the closest thing to the matrix that you're gonna get <laughs> you know i mean you just get one person who's a total expert and they're completely dialed in with getting you up to speed as fast as possible and they're just it's all mastery based, so we're only moving forward once you've mastered it, and we kind of, you know, kind of like Joe Ninety. Do you ever see that show, Joe Ninety? Mm-hmm. He puts on the he puts on the glasses, and then whatever glo- you know, they they put the the expertise of someone in the glasses, and when he wears the glasses, he's an expert. Oh, he that, has that expertise, yeah, yeah. So it's um, <laughs> you're you're the new Joe Ninety, right? Except I hope it'd be permanent. Yeah, <laughs> I would just wear glasses, but it's it's really exciting. I mean, it's. 
I mean, it's work though. You know, I mean, it's it's oh, not yeah. easy. I mean, you know, you forget being on the other side of the table mm. how hard learning is. You know, you're teaching these kids math and stuff. And you're like, why don't they get it? You know, why? You know. What about some of your other the other projects? What about the um, uh, I keep on forgetting the name. Oh, Empath. Um, you know, I've kind of been slow on it this week. Actually, oh, we um, I told you we brought on an, uh, uh, another person, Amina, to work on the content yeah. and the questions and. Um, her co- her questions were too um, too vague in the sense like, are you happy? You know what makes you you know it's you like, can't really get an action it's point like, from that. Yeah, you, you don't want to ask somebody that because it's like, well, what are they going to say? First of all, nobody's going to say they're unhappy unless they're an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm unhappy. Oh, really? You're fired. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, so it, anyone in common sense is going to... But I not, thought she was the one who had, like, the, the, you know, the training in the field. Yeah, well, she's doing a good job with bringing questions from out of the... Re, you know, basically, on certain research. But I, I, I was trying to bring them out of the real world. So, okay, listen. Like, yeah. these have to be specific questions that... People that lead to very specific action items. What can I do with this information? If there's nothing I can do with this information, there's no point in, get, in gathering. You're wasting time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to ask you a question like, what's your favorite color? Blue. Oh, that's great. Nice. Like, well, well who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, if there's anything I can do about it, well, this, the, the office is orange. You live in an orange office. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. don't ask questions they can't resolve. And you want to ask questions that are very specific in a sense that, um, I think they're easier to answer, and yeah, also you want sense. to ask things that are in a that are phrased in a positive light. So the answer is only like, you know, I'd like it if I had more of this. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need more time around project. I need a little more guidance. I need a little, or I could use a little more recognition, or I could use a little more leadership opportunity. I, you know, things that someone could go, oh, you'd like some more of that. We could give you some more of that, as opposed to something like I want less micromanagement. I want less stress. You know, you, you, you put it in a sense that it, you don't want to corner the manager and make the manager feel like they're being blamed or accused. You want to say, look, you want to give the manager information about their empl- person who's on their team that will allow them to make it their life, that, the life of that um, person more effective and more enjoyable, right? And usually it's like, and a lot of times you get the same information. It's just really how you ask it and how you phrase it. So I, I think she was thinking a lot of it just in terms of more like, well, here's the research on this and not really thinking in terms of like in a real world environment, hmm. anybody who has half a brain is not going to answer that damn question. In fact, okay. and you are not going to, and like the, and then was like the very first question. It was like, and I'm like, whoa, 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 right out of the gate. Vague, can answer the negative. You're going to freak the person out. They're like, I'm not answering this crap. Are you crazy? You know? In, in, it, it, it kind of reminds me of Ender's Game. Do you remember you, in Ender's Game, remember how they evaluate people? They kind of get them to play games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of extrapolate information from that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that could be the future of Empath. You'll create these yeah. super cool games and But then it's puzzles. like <laughs> you'd have to take tons of studies to determine what does that really mean. I think you really just go treat people like an adult and go, what is it you need, Justin? Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're an adult. You know what you want. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, just ask somebody. But don't... But ask them the question in the right kind of environment and also let them know that, like, look, your this question answer information is not going to be shared with the manager. Mm-hmm. The manager is going to know that Justin would be more productive if he had, you know, 
more information about X or whatever. And the guy's like, oh, okay, I can do that. You know, no problem. Okay. That makes sense. So that so that's that status. So um basically we'll we'll hear more about that next time. Yeah, yeah, it's not. What about God's tweets? Did that Wait, get let me, let me add, let me I got stuff here. You're, you're okay. just driving nothing new with God's tweets yet. Okay, fair enough. Nothing to um so Mighty Hive was the one of the companies that I did um a bunch of consulting work for. And I think I told you I took half of the compensation as cash and half of it as convertible note. Yeah. And um, well, the convertible notes are converting. Oh, wow. So, um, which great. is great yeah. because the growth rate has been really good. And so, um, so now I have equity Lovely. and, uh, and, 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 and mighty hive. I mean, I'm not a significant equity holder, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't like what $14,000 worth of equity, you know, but Hey, that was actually what my, what was I, that's about what my options were worth. When I first give it to me, I mean, they were worth nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were basically worth nothing, you know, because that's what happens when you first get equity in these startups. I mean, it's like you look at them, the strike price, and I'm sure it's like, this isn't worth anything. What a joke, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, if a company does well, it can be yeah, worth a lot. It can mean something, yeah. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, Mill Valley Code Club. Oh, yeah. You want to hear about that one? Yes, please. So that's my, my angel investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Doug is in the process of opening up a second location, which is, I don't know, five, six, seven miles up the 101. Um, and it looks like we're going to have enough kids to open it. It looks like, you know, we, we'll break even at like, well, I don't know what the number is, but I don't know. I probably can't share actual numbers, but there was this, we are more than halfway before even opening it to having enough kids hmm. to be break even. Wow. So now he, he made an offer to a guy as a, for the, to be the program coordinator. So I think he's probably in negotiations. We need a, so program coordinator would be kind of like the manager, the guy the, or the person who manages that location. Yeah. And they hire the college and high school kids. And, and so there'll be the two really adults on location would be the program coordinator. And that's, you know, the general manager and then the uh, curriculum developer. So we'll have a curriculum developer for every location. Now, I don't know if you're going to need a, once you get over a certain number of locations, if you're always going to need a curriculum developer for every location or not. But um, right now, that's the way it's going to go. Because it allow, because the more curriculum developers you have, and especially at different locations, they can experiment with new new platforms and say, oh, this one's doing Robot C, and they're doing Scratch, and they're doing Phaser, and they're doing this, and they tried these things, and this is cool, and there's a group of kids in this location that want to do this stuff, so we're creating curriculum based on that, and you know, and then it all gets filled back into the main system and anyone can access it. Cool. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, and the, the, the big thing is like we're talking about, it's like, okay, we want to expand, but we have very limited capital. So it's like, and rule number one in startups is don't die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a SaaS app where it's like, well, it doesn't cost anything to keep it running. Yeah. I mean, this is like leases and health plans and salaries and you know lots of staff i mean it's it's expensive computers and yeah it's a big deal so um so yeah so what's going on with disco oh uh we're we're in uh beta um we're on we're on i think three sites now okay and uh those sites are collecting data and giving out discounts and it's doing great and we've uh the um you can you can log into your disco account and you can look at the all the charts to see you know how many people 
clicked one thing you know yes i'm a male yes i'm a female or whatever mm. so basically it's got stats and charts and, and we're, we're in beta and um i'm guessing that's probably going to last another couple of weeks and then we're probably going to move to a paid beta so for, you have three people to three people right now but um this just to knock out the bugs yeah just, just to, to get through the bugs yeah yeah so how, it's, how's it's getting up? close i mean it's it's very getting very close. oh it's holding up great yeah yeah that's great um so I mean that was kind of what you'd hoping to that was where you hoping to get before the baby yeah right? and the baby's coming anytime really when's it do she's date? ready it's August seven so in other words yeah. three days uh, it's is it the four five six seven yeah, yeah three days okay and Georgie looks like she's ready to go right yeah and you're doing the natural childbirth still yeah yeah so kind of you know a lot of anticipation about that so that's kind of exciting yeah that'd be that's cool be great. Well, it's good that you got it done for you're getting it over the hump. Yeah. And uh, I mean, any, any, anything else that needs to be done, it's like it doesn't it's not like mass. It's not new stuff, really. You know, like it, that, that's what you find with programming. New stuff is what takes the time. Like stuff that you've done before or tweaking is kind of much easier. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. My case is always like tying up all the loose ends. It oh, was really? More loose ends than you thought. With with Digidoo, um, I told you about the Salt Stack and working with that to manage the infrastructure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and did I tell you the format of these files? They're basically like YAML, which is which essentially is mm-hmm. just like, you know how you write in a text editor, you write a bullet point list with like dashes and then the the text. Right. So it's like that. So um, we've got a point where the whole infrastructure is like in a file. Right. And you can run one command, and it will basically create using Salt Cloud. It will create you know 14 servers and it will choose the server type and it will choose the ubuntu version because mm-hmm. different parts of the stack is and it, and then it will install all of the code so different code bases on different servers and it'll start processes and connect the servers together and configure the ips so that's pretty cool too so that's sort of devops guy in a box yeah basically <laughs> yeah so are your team is four of you guys now uh yeah four four including um including Udi is Israel. Four, so three and a half because he's yeah. part-time. Because yeah. you lost one guy, but you're because you have salt, like they, you, I basically became that guy. Right. And <laughs> yeah. that's why you're looking for solutions to make a little... Yeah, yeah. So I just... I mean, but salt is... It's great. Like, it, 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 it is DevOps, which is, which is surprisingly fun. I wasn't expecting it to be so much fun. But it's really nice, the thought of being God like that, you know? Like, I just run a command and... It creates this entire infrastructure. If I if I want to create a redundant cloud, so right now our whole infrastructure is running on Amazon East. If I wanted to do Amazon in California, I could just like tweak a few parameters. Boom, I've got fourteen servers, Amazon California. I can like you know do redundancy between those two environments. Right. Cool. So it's kind of cool. No. So so digitally, there really is anything going on production wise because school's out, right? Yeah, but it's coming. It's it's coming coming online pretty soon. Yeah. So a couple of, yeah, I know my kids start in like on the 18th or something. Yeah. So really and that's early. always our absolute busiest time. So it's interesting that I'm going to be off work basically for at least two weeks, you know, with the, with the new baby or at least a week anyway. Really? Yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to find <laughs> out. I'm going to find out. <laughs> but so you're uh, taking paternity leave. For I, yeah. I don't think our, our situation is like yours and Sandy. I know with Sandy, she's like, I got this kind of yeah. thing. I think I'm I'm a little bit more um, roped in. Yeah, that might be one you're way of get, saying you're getting roped in, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's yeah. So yeah, well, I guess you will take some of your time then. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, speaking of upcoming classes, so, you know, Sandy and I are going to be coaching the math team. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, not the math. We're not coaching that. We're going to be teaching the math class this year. Yeah. So, all the kids that passed the fifth grade math assessment when they were in fourth grade, so they get to skip this whole next year, um, they're going to be, we're going to, they're going to, we're going to be teaching their class. Mm. So essentially they're going to get all the fifth grades. At least that's the plan. So I got to double check with the principal again. I should need to probably establish contact with him and just make sure everything's on, on uh, schedule. But all the fifth grades will have class math at the same time of day. And then when we do it, when math comes, they'll leave their class and come work with us. So we'll have our own classroom and then, um, and we'll do it. And we're going to start teaching them algebra. So you'll be teaching them in the middle of the day and just taking them out of their regular class. Right. Yeah. And um, instead, class last because last year was Tuesdays and Thursdays at lunch, and taking away lunch from kids kind of sucks. You know, they need they need because there is kind of combined with recess. They have lunch, they eat lunch, and they go run around and play, and they need that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we're gonna start teaching them algebra right out of the gate, which is early ninth grade. Yeah, so that's, that's like right. a year early. A year early? How many years early? Four years early. Oh wow! Okay, it's ninth grade. So. Eight, seven, six, seven, four. Yeah, it's four years That's early. That's crazy. Yeah, because basically taught them most all of middle school math last year. We didn't just teach them fifth grade math. We, we taught them all of uh, everything. Mm-hmm. And that was in addition to preparing to, for the competitions <laughs> and then two days a week. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know, because really, I don't know. I don't think it was that much material and the kids are bright. So we just kind of blew through it. So we'll spend we'll spend some of our time reinforcing that material and you know just making sure that they're in reviewing it making sure that they're you know 100 solid on all of their pre-algebra stuff and the game the card game yeah battle math so that's one thing i got to get back to i'm i've been thinking about doing that next week or two i really need to put some put some time on that I've, i just i forget like i keep thinking that school starts in september you know because i always go back to school after what labor day but now it's like they go back to like the 18th it's earlier for the yeah, yeah. because they got out early yeah. And uh, and so I don't know. I mean, so I got to jump on it. But see, one of the, and one of the big things about this math class that Sandy was concerned about is how much time it took us because we would we would create all the all the homework problems ourselves, mm-hmm. which is a pain in the butt. It takes so much time to like come up with like you know ten of these problems and twenty of these problems and whatever every you know twice a week. Mm-hmm. And Sandy's like, we cannot do that next mm-hmm. year. This is just especially if we're doing it more. In, but you found a website that could no well that generated some worksheets and stuff but it was still wasn't it still took too much time it wasn't that good but what i did find were some pdfs for some um um discontinued um workbooks Mm. for algebra and pre-algebra and they're actually really good like 2007 2008 2009 it's not like it was from like 1964 or something (laughs) even even if it was it wouldn't make much difference because it's just math is math but it's actually better because now what they're doing in California and life is they're doing this core, uh, the, the, um, I forgot what they call it, the common core. Yeah. Which means they're not doing as broad a number of subjects. They're not doing in geometry and number theory and stuff. They're just doing fractions, but they do it lots, lots of word problems, which is really boring and really. So, um, but these older one, these older books from two, from three or four years ago cover all of these different, all this different material, which they ultimately need to know hmm. before they get algebra. And, uh, you know, and so, we're going to be doing that. I mean, of course, we'll do our share of word problems, make sure they can do those. And, that you know, so that, you know, we'll, we'll take another assessment at the end of the year, maybe to have them take the eighth grade assessment or something. And in addition to maybe an algebra assessment or whatever. But, um, 
anyway, finding those PDFs, because then I can just go through and go, okay, page 98 through 100, print, 16 copies, done. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. It's like, and I found, I found like three or four of them, so we have lots of different, you know, things to pull from. And, and that's both in the algebra and the pre-algebra. So, I don't, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. So, Ooh. nothing to say? You're kind of dead. You're kind of staring at me with a blank look. You're spacing out. Your whole time you get gla- get glassy glazed eyes. <laughs> You're somewhere else. I guess. You like this? You like this? Um, just out of it. Pregnant wife. Uh, You're not thinking about that. Give me a break. Uh, I'm not thinking. I'm. I don't know what I'm thinking about, <laughs> but <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I I didn't know I had to uh, answer to your critique of my. No, I mean, just tell, I mean, just tell, no, I mean, just tell, I mean, just tell, you know when someone's looking at you and they're not, they're not focused like this? Yeah. That's what you're doing. <laughs> you had kind of spaced out. Oh, sorry, man. I've been background, I'm being backgrounded. Without with being nothing. Back- you're not even background. You're just like, uh, All right. Well, apologies. <laughs> um, so, I, I, it's interesting. Do you get any links or anything? No. Nothing? All right. Nothing? Not a single link? I have Nothing. All right. Well, um, there was an article by, um, he was one of the professors at MIT, and the article is called A Contrarian View of MITx. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Explanation point? (laughs) Question mark. And it was kind of funny because you remember, they had, they, MIT before um, like edX and Coursera came out, they had something called Open Courseware, OCW. And basically what they did is, they just put up a lot of their course material and anyone could come and do it. And remember we did a guy, uh, Scott Young, and he did the MIT Challenge. We interviewed him like a year and a half ago or something. And he just used those course materials to try and they, they would post like midterms and problem sets and stuff. And he basically said, look, this has turned out to be kind of bullshit. And he's like, we just posted a bunch of PowerPoint presentations and PDFs and, you know, like nobody cares about it. Mm-hmm. And it, you know what's the thing? They spent $40 million over 10 years. And he's like, if you look what Saul Khan did with Khan Academy, they have, he has over 10 times the traffic <laughs> and, uh, at OpenCourseWare does. And he's like, it was kind of an interesting lesson in terms of, there's a couple of interesting lessons. One is they whole boil the ocean. Like they did, they just threw all their courseware up there and just threw crap. And he's like, we should have done microbiology and I think um, make uh, electromechanical stuff. So they spent $40 million, like building the online presence or it was just, it was, it was just, you're building the course material in the first place and then they decided no, no, to No, 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 the course material was already there. It was just like, hey, you just taught your course in Calculus 2. Can't give us your PDFs and your syllabus and your problem sets and we will put them on a web page and we will create Calculus 2, Spring 2011, you know, whatever. And then it would just have the crap up there and yeah, this is the textbook. It's, just da- it's, it's kind of data without any sensible like application behind it. It's just putting stuff up. Just putting a bunch yeah. of junk up there and people could come by. But it's like nobody really uses it because it's or not that many people. I mean, Scott Young was somebody who managed to use it. Um, but I, I don't think most it's people. Not, it's just not gamified. It's not interesting. I mean, even even Khan Academy is like it's an interesting experience. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Khan Academy is is actually trying to use the medium, yeah, in a better way. It's they're using not, the med- yeah, you know, that's a good way. Of they're it. not using the medium in a way. They're just like, well, we have this stuff. Let's just throw it up there and see what happens. And like throwing stuff up and see what happens just doesn't work. You know, there's there's myths that like. People have done it. Like there's an eBay myth. It's like, oh, I was just trying to sell some Pez's Spencer. So I just threw it up there and the whole world came. And you know, it's like, it's like not true. 
It's not what happened. <laughs> well, Airbnb as well falls under that. And it's not what it happened, but it's not yeah. what happened. No. You know, they, they these simple myths that people hang on to, and then they think, oh, we'll just throw crap up there, and then maybe a bunch of people come and use it. Like, nobody. You have to work on it. You have to reinvent the medium or really think hard about what you're trying to get the users to do and what they hope for them to gain from it and why they're going to use it and keep coming back. And da, da, da. So they, anyway, he was the first voice early off to say, this is just stupid. And as turned out to be, he was he was right. You know, that they've just wasted it. They tried to boil the ocean, threw everything up there and said, you know, why don't we just focus on microbiology? And I think it was like, uh, you know, um, electrical mechanical engineering or something. We'll have a handful of courses, we'll have a bunch of courses in those two domains. And we'll really think hard about like, how can we do something with the internet that can train well, he was making differentiation between training and education, whereas like training and stuff is online, education is more stuff you do in person with people, you know? So why did people, why did no one listen to him first time around? Um, you know, it's hard to say. I think a lot of people for a lot of reasons, and it's just way easier to throw a bunch of crap up there and hope that something's going to work, right? Yeah, but it seems like a lot to spend on just a kind of uncoordinated effort well you know when you look at the um what's it the obamacare or whatever yeah, the healthcare.gov yeah. or whatever how much they oh spend God. yeah 480 million or something for that piece of crap jeez i mean it's like you know universities are big bureaucratic institutions they're not nearly at the same magnitude of the u.s government yeah but they're still big bureaucratic institutions with a lot of vested interests and sunk costs and old ways of thinking and lots of committee meetings and committees and bullshit and nobody actually doing it and in the, the day it's like through you know two grad students one part time you know adjunct professor and a couple part time undergrads doing it you know what i mean it's yeah. like you know at the end of the day you know it's like <laughs> usually a very small number of people are actually doing anything um that's why I always do a joke when people say, oh, you know, how could you compete against a big company? Because in the day, it's just like one or two smart people sitting in a room, you know, <laughs> really doing the hard thinking, you know. I mean, that's not always the case, but especially these bigger, more bureaucratic um, entities. But they just um, can't move fast enough, basically. Yeah, it's just they just get mired in bureaucracy. Yeah. And oh, you know, there's a great article. I'll see if I can dig it up. I I read this like about two months ago, but it was in the Economist. It was talking about. How, it was like sort of a law of bureaucratic creep. So it was talking about how many, how many, it was a study that showed how many bureaucrats there were in the Royal Navy in like 1880 or something like that. <laughs> and, and how like based on like how many warships there were and how many actual sailors were. And like there was a law that could predict exactly how many bureaucrats. Could. So even though Depending the Navy. On the size of the, the size of the Navy. But even though the Navy didn't grow that much. The bureaucracy just grew and grew and oh, grew and oh. grew. And one of the, um, I can't remember if this is the same article or not, but I was talking about how like, you know, the way the, bureauc the, way the bureaucracy works, the, because people work based on their own personal incentives. You know, they, they talk a good game about like, oh, they care about the mission of the organization. People really worry about themselves. And that's just rule number one in human nature. Yep. If you don't understand that, you pretty much don't understand people of the world. <laughs> okay, so that's how the world works. Um, now, now the way a bureaucrat works is like, Hey, you know, I've been working on this job for a while. It's, you know, it's, you know, they get, the, you know, you get older and you're like getting tired of doing all the same work and it's just, you need help. But instead of saying hiring somebody appear to do it with you, because that person <coughs> is going to be competing with you for the next position up. Mm -hmm. So you want somebody underneath you. 
right? And so you hire, but you can't just hire one person. You hire two people because you can't be just like a boss. Is that of the one hiring person. spiral? No, it's not the hiring spiral. I don't know if that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you hire two people, and then um, then you have to manage them, and then it becomes all this thing of like managing these individual people, and then they get the same thing. It's just a sort of like so you're you're, you're basically building your career by bringing people in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it's where I've seen that in real life and organizations over and over again. And, you know, even smart, well-meaning people are doing that partially because they think that's just how things are supposed to work, but partially because there's, there is an interest in developing your career and in a bureaucracy. An organization, a bureaucracy can be government, a nonprofit, a university or corporation. It's by how many people are under you. Right. That's how you get paid. That's how you get rewarded. That's how the respect you get. And the more people underneath you, you know, hey, you know, I have 300 people under me. I better get paid millions of dollars versus, you know, 150,000, four people underneath me or whatever. Right. And, you know, you bigger team you have. And then, you know, if you want to go, you leave that company after so many years, the next company, it's like, well, I managed an entire group or a department or entire division. Well, you know. You know, that's, and that's how you build your resume and you build your income. But, um, that's not how we've been building ours though. Just who's ours. Well, you're, you haven't been building your career in that way. I guess that's, that's the, we've been taking the kind of consultancy route. Yeah. Well, we're different. I mean, you're not yeah, a consultant, right. you're a full-time play of Digidoo. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you do have four people underneath you now. Well, yeah, it's true, but I, I'm losing. I'm losing people. I lost well, one guy. You lost one guy, but not <laughs> because you wanted direction. to, right? Right. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if I was at, if I had moved up to San Francisco and, to, and worked with Uber full time, I mean, I would have been incentivized to build my own little kingdom underneath me, mm-hmm. right? I guess. It's been all about power and control and money and it's all about people underneath you, you know? And that's just how people, that's how hierarchy, that's how, you know, how it works. Now but, it's just about money. What do you mean? With me? Yeah. It's just you you don't have to worry about anything else. You just get paid to do your job and Yeah, I mean it's great. Well, okay, so the the reason okay, when I chose not to work up there, you can't really manage people. I mean, you can manage people remotely because everyone's remote. Right. Yeah. If all of those four guys were up in Chicago and you're here, that it would wouldn't be work. Weird. It wouldn't yeah. work. It just wouldn't work. Eventually I could have one one person maybe. Maybe, but, not, but eventually it would just you'd you would end up being um let go or told to move up there and manage them. That's yeah. how it always works, you know? And because the team's here, you're not here, you obviously don't give a shit. These guys know what they're doing. They need someone here. They're in the thick of it. Yeah. I mean, um, now if I had moved up there when it was like seven or eight people or whatever, even or even later and, you know, it was 30 people and said, all right, I want to come on and just, I could have done that. But at this point, obviously, that ship just long since sailed. So my, my equity in options is worth way more than my salary. Right, right. So the difference between my salary, if I went up there and said, hey, I want to manage a team, I want to manage a team, and i like, oh, hey, Jay, okay, why don't you come You're not going to get any big extra equity for it. It's not going to make a big difference. It's not going to move the needle on that, so it's kind of like, you know, what's it doesn't doesn't really matter. So, um... It's funny, you mentioned, um, do I have any links? I mean, I I do look at uh, HN every day. (laughs) There's there's nothing that's really, like, made me... That's right. I do. I read the news. 
Let, like, let me check the news right now. I'll see if I can find something. No, there, there, there is nothing that's like sprung out at me recently. I mean, HN is just not. I don't know. I mean, is it? Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I mean, I don't. I, 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 I Hacker News is for me has become. Um, I look. I look on the new page more. It's really not interesting in the same way as it used to be. I don't know why. I was just, no, you, we could be us just changing. I don't know. I mean, it's like yet another JavaScript library, or yet another. Hey, I've rewritten this stuff in Go, or I don't know. It's just I don't feel like I. You know what it's like, and I think this happens in online communities over and over. It's like the same conversations over and over again. The echo chamber. Well, just the same kind. Not no, not the echo chamber. It's that everyone agreeing with each other. It's sort of like. We've had we've had version of this conversation in you know over in the past. Like we've yeah. I've seen this five or ten times. I've seen you know, and it comes in waves. You yeah. know, we have the women in tech wave, or we have the the new programming language and comparing with the older programming wave, or we have the framework war way. You know, it's like it just. You but know, maybe we're just yeah. Maybe it's us who's changing. Well, maybe it's me who's changing. Like I I guess maybe I used to be interested in those. Like, but then when you know it you learn it you see you speak it you've yeah. done it then it's like okay now now i want to learn how to dunk a basketball you know it's like <laughs> that's our new thing i don't know <laughs> like, well yeah i mean i i I, I keep an eye on it for anything just like in the news just something interesting pops up yeah um but i like the new page because i find the stuff on the new page not on the home page stuff that's just has like no one's voted on i find more interesting stuff there yeah because and i guess that's because I'm not as interested in stuff that the that the mass of people on Hacker News are interested in. What do you think of the new show HN area? Oh, I never go there. Do you go? Yeah, they, well, they they've just made it. It's it's actually a place now. You know, like it, there's a link to Show HN. Right. So I think that's that. When that was released, there was a few things that were sh- shown that people liked, but uh, yeah, it's okay. It's like ProductHunt.com as well. There's another one. Yeah, no, I, I know. Well, um, I talked to that guy. I was sure I'm blanking on his name. I know the guy who started it. Um, the main guy. Uh, I was trying to get him to come on to Uber as a oh really as a growth hack. Oh, guy. he he wrote a he had a pretty good blog and and uh, I thought he'd be really good because the growth hacking team at Uber at that time was was pretty much didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I tried. You trying to set him up? I bet, I bet he regrets that now. Uh, and actually, a product hunt actually I went through YC has got a lot of money, so they're doing oh, really oh, well. Really? Okay, great. So probably not. I think they're doing really well. And you know, I mean, look, Uber is a great place to work. I think they they pay well, and you know, it's still growing like crazy. So even if you get options now, it's still going to be magnified because mm. it's doubling at such a rate. But it's not the same as it was if you joined three years ago, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, it's just like you know, at this point, it's like well. I get a job at Uber. It's like we're getting a job at Facebook. I mean, Uber is still much smaller than Facebook, which is smaller than Google. So it's like getting a job at Google, you're not going to become a millionaire mm-hmm. like you would have six years ago or eight years ago or whatever. Because it's just, it's a what, 300 or $400 billion company. Yeah. It's not going to become a $3 trillion company. <laughs> you know? Right. And so, and you'll be given some equity and that's double vest and it'll be worth something, but it's not, you know. And so I can imagine. You know, you're late twenties. You've got some cho- dev tech product chops on you now. You're thinking, should I get a job at Google or get a job at Facebook or, or you know, even Uber or Stripe or something, or should I go to Y Combinator and start my own thing? And it really kind of depends. I mean, you know, it depends kind of how risk averse you are. Yeah. You know, like if you go to if you go to somewhere like Uber, 
you will still make a lot more money over the next four or five years than had you just taken a job at XYZ tech company that isn't like Microsoft or mm-hmm. Google, right? Because it's still going to be worth, you know, 10 times what it is now in another three three years or two years or whatever. Right. So, and that could be worth a lot to you in addition to salary. And the salaries are, you know, pretty much market rate or pretty close. Um, but are you going to become a multi you know say your company for 30 million dollars kind of thing hmm. you're gonna be that kind of probably not but then again most of those yc companies that doesn't happen even if, even if you're a part of the like the two percent or whatever that gets into y combinator the vast majority i think that's for the breakdown uh you know it's not like the vast majority fail or don't really just become kind of zombies and are worth aqua hired for you know pennies and yeah, uh, they get a job. They get acquired by Airbnb or Dropbox or something, and you know, you have fifty thousand. At the end of the day, you get fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars bonus, which is nice, you know. But it's not like you know, <laughs> you know, you pay off your school loans and put some money away for retirement, and you know, God, let's get back to that whole conversation about fu money. What is fu money? Well, there's, well, there's, what does it mean to be entry level rich? Remember that conversation right. we yeah. had? Yeah, like what it takes. Well, I was thinking of like in in Pasadena. It's it's like you know if you were in Florida, you know, and you want you, you wanted to spend like a million dollars in a house or, oh, a, be, or Ohio or great. you could buy like five bedroom, thirty five hundred square foot, beautiful you house. Get a two, redec- a two bedroom terrace house in Pasadena. Two a two a two bedroom co- like what do they call those cottage sub, those subunits? Oh, where, like uh, where they what do you call that in America? Where they're joined together, two houses? Oh, duplex. Yeah. Like a duplex is a million here. Yeah, so you don't get much. And then yeah. if you and you're in a lot of those are like north of the highway. Right. It's not like the cool part of town. Like you want to live in Madison Heights, kind of over. Is side, were you telling there? me San Marino was nice? Well, uh, San Marino is yeah. I mean, it's nice in the sense that there's beautiful homes, right. very wealthy. It's sleepy though. It's not like Pasadena. Like Pasadena and Old Town, it's kind of there's you, know, you can walk to the restaurants and the coffee shop. It's kind of more happening. Pasadena is, I mean, I mean, um, San Marino definitely feels kind of more similar. You know, um, you had sent me to the to your uh, chiropractor in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, every one of the people that you use is not more than a mile away from your house. <laughs> Oh well, actually, well, <laughs> I it, mean, do it, you do you go to anyone who's more than a mile away? I used to. Well, no, uh, I used to go to the chiropractor our ART guys who were in um, Sherman Oaks. I had to drive out to okay. Coldwater Canyon, and th- that's the problem. It took me. It was like a two and a half, three hour chunk out of my day. And finally, after uh, this past year, I was like, all right, I this is bullshit. <laughs> I, I, I just, well, I just didn't go because I can't afford the time. Yeah, it's like okay, well, I have an eleven o'clock appointment, so I need to like start getting up out of here at about ten fifteen, and it's eleven to close to noon, and then I'm gonna—I mean, I get back till two after I have lunch and stuff. So I'm like, this is just, you know, too that's actually been really good. Thanks for that, by the way, Christian Brown. Uh, Chris Brown, yeah. Chris Brown, yeah. He's he's good. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah. So he's working on like he was joking. He's like, I said, <laughs> I said, yeah. He's like, thanks for uh, thanks for referring Justin. I go, yeah. He's a uh, He's a mess, isn't he? He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, you're like, oh, can you work on this? And no, you know, you know what that. he said to me. He what? said, he said, he said, this is the this is the worst case I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> he said, I've never seen anyone like I haven't seen anyone this inflexible in many years. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's fun. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when, what I'd say about like when you go see these guys or physical, when you go to the physical therapist or ART experts or whatever, and they and they give you all these, they work on you, but they're like, all right, you need to do these stretch oh, yeah. exercises. Like yeah. if you, that's like eighty percent of it. If you just ignore that and then show up two weeks later, it's like. You know what I forgot to tell you? I got my soil in. I told you I got my soil. Oh right! I've sold it. What? Like it's you I bought it. Yes. I don't need it. Like I don't need it. I already sold it. It was just we were like, supposed to have like a taste. I've got the show. some. If you want to do a taste, I've got some. We could do a taste. That's not a problem. I I kept a packet, but I sold it all because I'm not going to do soil for a diet. So. I well, I don't understand. Why did you buy it in the first place then? Well, because like two years ago, it was an intriguing idea. Right. But now, now that we're doing something completely different and, you know, we've started this whole different kick, I mean, we're just, Sorlin is not useful. And it's not even good for people with diabetes anyway. They have way too much, a much too high sugar and carb ratio. So the do it yourself, the Justin formula do yourself Sorlin that you got from the place is way better for you. It, it, well, the, the best one that I found, as a matter of fact, that's like totally the best for me is this one called raw protein, which is basically very, very similar tasting to the actual real Sorlin. But it's just it's it's got a much higher protein ratio, and it just it just is it, it a meal replacement? Or is it just pure it's protein? A, it's it's pure protein, but all the stuff that they've got in. I mean, it's not just pure protein, but the stuff that they've got in it it can act as a meal replacement. Yeah, it can. It's pretty good. Okay, because protein I have stuff that I is just protein. I mean, right. it's not like a meal replacement. It's just you know, did did you get that protein stuff that I? No, no, I haven't tried that. No, you no. tried that. Okay, yeah, but you put that on the show notes, didn't you? Yeah, that's yeah. good. I had a couple friends of mine have tried, and they're like, "Yeah, it's good." I mean, it's like chocolate mint. I mean, whatever. But yeah, it's the, the, that so. I mean, are you not doing the do-it-yourself soil and stuff anymore? The stuff that you'd ordered for the special from that one place? No, no, because I found I found that the the, the better one was is this um is this raw protein stuff, vanilla flavored Garden of Life raw protein. So you really like vanilla? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not that I like vanilla. It's just that. You don't want, I mean, I don't want something that's like just got an overwhelming taste and I, maybe I'll, I can flavor it up one way or another, you know? Okay. Like, so this is just kind of very bland, so it doesn't kind of... Do they do they make that stuff in like chocolate? Oh. Yeah, same thing in chocolate, like yeah. double chocolate brownie? They'll do, no, just, just chocolate and vanilla is the only one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's not bad. And it it's, the, the vanilla one tastes surprisingly similar to Soylent. And the reason is, is because it's, it's completely vegan, the one that I got, right? Uh-huh. And Soylent their main protein source is rice, rice protein, okay. which is basically the same as this Garden of Life stuff. So Soylent is basically vanilla. Garden of Life is basically vanilla. Main protein content comes from the rice. So it's it's very, very similar. It has this kind of dusty, kind of cardboardy kind of smell. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of... Um, well, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, do you want to finish up on no, that? No, I'm done. Yeah, well, when, so, when do you want to try the, the Soylent? Oh, when we do the next show, we can do a little taste sure, okay. test. We yeah, just okay. have we don't have we can just share like a little. We don't have to like have a yeah, tell sure, me a lot of it. But um, so you know, in 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 the in the sort of as part of Operation Superhero, mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured you know I went to the Achilles Institute. I went and saw Chris and started getting back with him and getting you know working on some some you know whatever trigger point and issues in my shoulder. I have a little bit of an issue in my shoulder, and uh, I went and saw a uh, I went and got a physical. Oh, another one? Yeah. I haven't had one in like over 20 years. And the last one I had was in 1995. So what exactly is the physical? So with that thing you did with the the girl, um, that's not a physical? That's just body composition. Okay, right, this is right. where they do a, f- a, f- a full blood panel test. Okay, I see, yeah. So they take your blood pressure mm-hmm. and they did like a, um, uh, was it an, oh 
God, what was that? Cardio? They do the heart. They test test your heart. Their heart cardiogram. I don't Let know. Let me guess. You're in terrible condition. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I told him. So uh, I, I just wanted to see. I mean, it's like, well, what you know? Because you never know if like on this. Oh wow, there's like 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 my buddy Mark. It turns out he's thirty. Well, I guess he's probably 38, 39, but super fit guy. Great diet. High cholesterol. High cholesterol. Yeah. And it's like, you would never know. He would never, and he's like, you know, and they said, look, either you have to go on medication or you can change it with your diet. You could, you could try and change your diet. If you don't change your diet, then we got to get you on medication. So he went and he made a couple small adjustments, some fiber and whatever, and he was good to go. Mm. But it's like, you want to know that stuff and so you can sort it out. And, um, um, so I went in and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, first I think I first went in, they had to my blood pressure and they're like, yeah, you're, you have high blood pressure. But then they, they took it like 20 minutes later and then it dropped much oh, more than the normal race. And then they said, well, come back tomorrow morning. They wanted, they wanted me to come back tomorrow morning and uh, the next morning. I can't. There's a saying for that. They call it, I think it's like white coat. That's what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of amped. You know what? Sometimes you're just amped up. Yeah, yeah. I was amped up because of that. I was just amped up anyway. I think it was because I was like, well, I have to hurry up and do Because I, I scheduled an appointment the last minute mm. because there's this new urgent care facility down the street from us that opened up three weeks ago. And there's nobody in there. Yeah. I just went in there, got the appointment. I they called him up and said, "Well, how long's the wait?" Just like there's one person ahead of you. I'm like, "I'll be right down." I show up, fill out the forms in five so minutes. So you were expecting a, a wait to calm down, kind of thing. Well, no, no. I'm just saying. First of all, just in case you, if you don't have a primary care physician, the urgent, the new urgent care thing is is awesome. Mm-hmm. Brand new. Everybody's just tired. Everybody's really happy and excited. There's no long wait. You know, most of these places you walk in, it's like three hour wait. Just to, you know, you're cacking with like with like flu and like nobody in it's like you're sitting for three hours anyway so um i was i was in a hurry because i'm like i had to i wanted to get it done but i had to get back in time to take colby to football practice and i was a little worried i wasn't gonna make it and so i think i was a little amped up because of all that and um anyway i came back the next day and then and uh and they did it again in the morning oh because they wanted to test a couple things after fasting oh i was gonna get like the heart thing and they were taking a blood, and they were taking a blood panel, and they was like, "Well, we need to take it after you haven't eaten." So, and they kids said, "We'll take your blood pressure again." And so after they took it in the morning, like, "Oh, you're good." Nice. I'm like, well, that's a relief, you know? Like, oh man, <laughs> like high blood pressure, and um, so, but I, I still waiting to hear back on the um, the, all the blood panels. Hmm. So, so weird. the one thing I was saying is like, my I noticed that the ends of my toes are a little numb. And I was like, I was asking, like, that is really, and I, you know, of course you get on Google and start freaking yourself out. You're like, oh my God, is that diabetes? Is it, you know, this or that? And um, he's like, yeah, probably not. And in fact, when I, he said, like, well, we'll do a blood panel. We'll see, see what the issue is. And, and actually when I was talking, went to the Achilles Institute and I was in, and I, you know, he was looking at my, my Achilles, my feet. And he's like, yeah. And I see my toes are a little, little, a little numb. And he's like, well, it's on both feet, right? He's like, well, that's not local. That's systematic. He's like, you might be low vitamin D. You might be low B12. That'll come out in your blood panels. Huh. So that's the kind of good stuff. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be sitting here thinking, do I have like early stage diabetes too, you know? <laughs> and or, or something. Like, yeah. I want to just know yeah, and if yeah. there's some way to like fix it or whatever. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'll report back. See whether I'm healthy or near death at <laughs> death's door. Um, one last thing I wanted to, I wanted to bring up, sure. um, and then because I know I know you want to cut out early, um, I found this cute little um, app called Lightbot. Um, go to Light Bot, um, and it's a little. I think it was created by Hour of Code. But remember that thing that I had created where you could kind of like 
I had a version of, I think I showed you, where you could drag and drop instructions and it would move a bot mm. through things. It, yeah. So the one that the kids use in class, they would actually had to write code. Yeah. But I had a drag and drop. But they do the same kind of thing, drag and drop thing with, I think, the loops and conditionals and stuff. Nice. It's an iPhone app. And I was going to play with it with Colby later today. He might find it's kind of neat. Um, but anyway, it's called Lightbot. It's an and iPhone. It's does an that, iPhone does Android it create app. code? Or? Uh, I haven't got there. I've just went through like the first couple levels. And it's oh, just okay. like, you know, turn left, turn right, go forward, turn light on. So it's getting instructions. And then it gets more and more complicated. I see. So you, you like program it by pressing... Just dragging and dropping instructions. Oh, There's okay. a toolbox and you drag oh, them you over drag to the... Oh, you drag instructions. I see. Nice. And uh, I thought it was pretty... It was fun. You know, it's kind yeah. of addictive. Yeah. Well, I sent it to Doug, you know, because of Millville Mil- Mil- Code Club. I'm like, here, check this out. I was like, I don't know if it's stupid or cool or what, but I just forwarding it to you. Yeah. And then a few months later, I'm like, it's addictive. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I like it. So that's worth worth checking out. Yeah. Let me see if... I don't think I have anything there else. There was one game that I got that I quite like. It's called um, Octagon. 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 It's just basically this game where the kind of universe is rushing at you and you're you're like this octagon on this track and you've got to like move left and right and not fall off the track that's kind of a weird way of describing it but uh, anyway it's quite um it's quite high adrenaline i would recommend a, it a octagon all right cool i'll put yeah. a link we make sure you send me a link to that sure all right well i, I promised you we'd be off by 12 30 so and it's 12 34 great you ready yeah good yeah all that's right good. yes that's a wrap we're out thanks, thanks.